Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can I just say a big, big thank you before we get into episode 67, a big, big thank you to everyone this year. There's so many thank yous. Sounds like a speech for the Oscars or something, this, doesn't it? But yeah, I want to thank Powered 4 TV for everything this year, for showcasing the podcast on there. Thank you, John and Rich. I would also like to thank Richie Sorrentino at Good Times Guaranteed and Barry Horowitz, who is the big sponsor there. They got me some big, big guests from WWF, WWE days. So I was ever so grateful of that. And also a big thank you to the Wrestling Travel Podcast crew, Justin Clapper and Danny Wolfenstow from there, the Ops guys for Wrestling Travel. Thank you for letting me come on the podcast most Thursdays for the last couple of months. It's really helped me and it has led to me getting booked for stuff. And there's a new show coming out with me and Mac Davis next year in 2021. And I'm just absolutely overwhelmed. And a big, big thank you to Jay Apter allowing me to come on the Superstar Pro Wrestling shows, which are hopefully running next year. Pandemic permitting, we've got 10 shows. And I am on commentary with the Mad Dog Mike Angus, my good friend, and the show intro dude. A big, big thank you to Chris Dutton, editing every week. It's been practically one, one a week, maybe more. Some weeks we're doing two a week. Thank you very much, mate, for everything making it look slick in audio form, in visual form. Thank you very much. And a big thank you to Lee Copson also for updating the website. Just incredible. Thank you for the support. You guys are priceless to me and um, incredible. And also to Evade Escape, we've played a few tracks from Evade Escape this year. For the show intro, thank you for letting me use the songs, lads. Can't wait to keep using the songs in 2021. A big thank you to the Zangwills too and 3210s. Zang Wills and 3210s, just thank you for letting me use the music. Music is a big part of the show, and it's intertwined with wrestling for me. So, yeah, thank you very much, and a happy new year into 2021 to everyone. Thank you. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time for British Wrestling's Sharp Shooter, your host... Stu Palmer! And at you two times this week, it's a special Xmas celebration episode. I've given you an extra one. We did this interview at the end of October, and it's none other than Connor Klein, a member of Paradox, well-known on the UK circuit, a great young talent. He's also one of Will Ospreay's young lions on the UK circuit too. Connor has done a lot in a short space of time in terms of wrestling. We talk about the defying what culture pro wrestling shows that used to happen. And he's got some great stories there. He's actually got a story with Austin Aries backstage 
But I'll leave it at that with that one. I won't go into any more detail with that. And he is also one of Will Ospreay's Young Lions. The guy has done so, so much in a short space of time, as I've just said. So without further ado, it is episode 67 with Paradox's Connor Klein. Enjoy. We are back to the UK. I've done a lot in the US recently. And my guest today is none other than a member of Paradox. Great faction, by the way. Mr. Connor Klein. How's it going, man? It's going well, Stu. Um, really well. How, how's yourself? All right, mate. All right. You know, just right. uh, ticking, ticking along, ticking along, being off work because of the Welsh lockdown. But all good in the main, mate. All good. So Yeah, I, I think we'll be joining you soon here on Merseyside. <laughs> Are they saying, they're saying a month, aren't they? In, yeah, a month now. starting Wednesday, I think it is. But I don't know. You have to just, it's all ASAC, they say, isn't it? But. How's we'll, we'll lockdown been for you? I know it's a bit of a general. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, it's been absolute hell. Absolute hell. Um, I really, I, I'm gonna, I'm, we're, we're starting this podcast with a bit of a sub story here. Um, so I, I went into lockdown. Um, I had to like leave my job and stuff, but I still managed to get the furlough payment because of our contract. Um, yeah. Later on down the line, um, because to protect with that, because he was vulnerable. Um, but come, it, it it was I was coping with it quite well. I was enjoying it because I got myself a little set routine and stuff. Like um, I've got, I was quite lucky. I got a lot of weights I was using in the garden and stuff. Still training, still watching wrestling, playing on my games, going for walks and stuff. What we were allowed to do back then, and. Um, um, come Easter weekend, um, I lost my mum to COVID, um, and I really struggled with that. Um, to the fact that it really got to me, and I never—I don't think I'm fully quite over, but I'm a lot. I'm coping with it a lot better now. Where I, I did used to really struggle um, with the thought process of you know what I've just lost my mum, and it was to such. Um, it was so needless if you know if they would have locked down. I know a lot of people. People will have different to say, but if they would have locked the country down properly, like New Zealand, maybe it would have been avoidable. But it, I mean, mum would still be here. But I'm, I'm not angry at that anymore. I was I used to let it really get to me? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I lost her to dementia years ago. Anyway, um, she she contracted dementia quite young at the age of fifty. Oh, um, so. Um, so look, if you can see the positives out of it, um, she's no longer in pain anymore and stuff. But um, obviously, it's still sad because I'd rather have my mum here. Mm-hmm. Than, but it just is what it is, and I can't argue with it now. It's just life, and I've got to like learn to move on from it now. Thanks for sharing that, man. I thank you. You know, I know that was, that was tough for you then. So yeah, right. A bit, a bit of positive now, but a positive. When did you get started with wrestling training? I'm going to go that route first. I've been changing it, but I'll go. We'll go with that with you. How it was, yeah. the origins I, starting. I, I always wanted to do it, you know, as a kid. Um, because am I allowed to swear? You can swear, mate. We have expletives okay. on the show every yeah. week. I um I was absolute dog shit at footy, dog shit. Really? Yeah, 
to the point where, like, even in school, I was a bit bullied because I was dog shit a fussy. Um, <laughs> I was like a little gimpy kid. Um, so to toughen me up, my dad used to like send me to boxing, kickboxing, and judo and stuff like that. So I, I got quite. I was, and I had a lot of older cousins. Like my cousin Daniel got me into wrestling, and he was quite a bit older than me, quite a bit bigger than me, and he used to throw me around quite a bit. So I got used to being thrown about in like a, a young age. Um, and then I, I got, I got the Xbox One. And it feels like I'm going off on a tangent, but I'm not. And I got, I got the network because I just the network had just come out. I was like, yeah, it's an hour enough. Get to watch all the pay per views and go back and watch all the old stuff. Um, so I got down. I was watching NXT UK, uh, not NXT UK, NXT Takeover London. You know the first one they Absolutely, did. Like, yeah, they, the, main, the main event was Balor versus Joe. Yeah, and I just got absorbed in it because I, I, I'm used to like, watching like you know like WWE. And it's all very g- generic chances, isn't it? Like let's go see, it. and I just I don't know. It's just like okay, you can be a bit more creative than this. And I seen it obviously in London, the crowd were that creative with all the chance, and they just didn't shut up all night. I thought, this is boss, I want to be a part of this. Um, so I got onto my mate, uh, Graham Fisher, big wrestling fan. Um, I've known him since I was a little, little lad. Um, and he was like, he used to work with my mum. So um, he, I messaged him because I knew he goes to like, he goes to like TNT and stuff in Liverpool and all the other shows. And he said, oh, do you know Mark's got a school in Bedmonton? And I lived in Eastham at the time. And it's not far, it's about a 15-minute drive. I went, okay, so I messaged the school. Uh, I started speaking to Dean through that. And then Dean added me on Facebook and we started speaking more and more on that. And then just turned up. And never looked back, really. It was a bit different to what I was expecting. I didn't, but I didn't know what to expect. Um, I didn't bump. My first bump I didn't bump properly. I twatted the back of my head. <laughs> nearly threw up. <laughs> As the ghost is out for a little bit, oh, but I came straight back in. Was taking body slams and stuff and yeah. suplexes. So I loved it, and I just never, I'd never turned back. And like, I didn't miss a training episode, a training episode, a training session, um, until like I you know I needed to. Like, if something had come up and I had to miss one, I'd never miss the training session. Um, I loved it. I just never looked back. And I think, obviously, with my dad getting me like all rough and tumble, like doing boxing, kickboxing, judo and stuff. So I knew my footwork and I knew, like, with the judo, you learn how to roll quite a bit and how to break fall and stuff. So that's, that come a bit easier for me as well. Um, and I just never looked back. And I, I've always been under Dean, like, uh, travelled the country with Chris Ridgeway quite a lot. So when he used to do his training seminars up and down the country, I used to go, like, that Knuckle Locks and Dragon Pro and uh, Kamikaze, just go down there and all the stuff because Ridgeway is quite unique in what he does in his uh, shoot wrestling, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So it was quite nice having that in my arsenal as well as the stuff that Dean had taught me in the, like previously and what he has been teaching me currently up until that point into what he's taught me now. Um, and obviously Dean's one of the best wrestlers in the country, if That's not the world. Man. Yeah, and I, I think it's an absolute travesty. He's not everywhere. I do, I do generally think that that's a really big injustice that Dean Allmark should be everywhere. And you hear it, should, yeah. you hear it so often, Connor. Everyone, you know, and it's 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 warranted because he's superb. Oh, he is. He's brilliant. And you know what? He's one of the nicest 
people just yeah. ever meet. Like I've never heard a bad thing about them. And I'm not brown nosing him here and in case he gets a little ego boost, but no Dean is one of the best in the country. That's cool, man. Uh, oh yeah, I was 19 when uh, I first started wrestling. Just turning 20, so I was like 19 because I started the, the January just after Christmas because that's when I just got my Xbox, got my Xbox for Christmas. So yeah, that's when I started 19. I wish I started younger though because mm-hmm. there were like, lads I trained, like this lad called Jord. He wrestles under the name Jordan Black. And some of the stuff he can do, he's been doing it since he's like 13 and he's he can do like mad flips. He's landing on his feet from like stupid heights doing like loads of somersaults. I'm like, I just don't get it. I wish I started that young when I was like his yeah. build. So I could do that stuff, but it just, I've had to adapt to how my body is to wrestle my style. Just to scoop forward a bit from, from training, when when was your first match? Because I, I like asking this because everyone differs. It's always a different time frame uh, with, with, with wrestlers. Like So yeah, yeah that'd be the next one. At All-Star, everyone kind of waited about three years for their first match and I got mine in, the, in about a year and a half um, I, I think what helped was that when everyone joined All-Star they were all they've been there for years so when they joined they were all like still kids like still like, little teenagers uh, where I, I, was quite, I was like 19, 20 when I started so I, I debuted at 21 uh, uh, Real Thorn Hall for All-Star um, and yeah, I just loved it. You know, I, I'm stumbling across my idea, but no, yeah, real town all. Um, and I just remember Brian Dixon coming up to me going, "You got your gear?" And I was like, "Yeah, I got my gear." And what, and what happened was, I went back to my car, and I just got a new car that week, so I hadn't swapped all my stuff from. I've still had all of my old car. I hadn't swapped all like put all the stuff that was in there into my new car. I've gone to my boots and all I've had is my boots and my knee pads. I'm like, oh no. So I went back and I went, all I've got is my boots and my knee pads. And luckily, when wrestlers are quite um, fussy with what gear they wear, like look, a few of the lads had like spare gear and they just threw it across to us. So I wore like big gold bit on the ass and a big like uh, turquoise bit on the front. And, uh, people always ask me, you still got that gear? Like, no, it was never mine. Oh mate! Oh man! Who did you get? Who did you get in there with? Um, it was another trainee, and uh, his name, his wrestler named Joseph Hyde. Um, his real name Louis. Um, I think he, me and him, we've been training about the same time. You know what? It wasn't like we were picked. It was because we were the only ones there, and this is what I like to stress. So, like you know, like people were, like trying to get matches under the belt and like debuts you know what just turn up to shows with your gear and help out and if you constantly keep going people do recognise you and be like because it's happened to me loads um, getting on shows like just turning up helping out with the ring and getting the, the all set up yeah so just, I just want to say to each other keep turning up and keep helping out because you, your hard work should get rewarded at the right places it will um, like obviously I've been at shows I've like, travelled hours Help set the ring up for you know months on end, and then just not got anywhere. So I've just like obviously I've just turned away from that show. Like oh, I'm not going to pursue that anymore. Um, but no, yeah, that's what we. That's how we got onto our show, onto this show at Real, because we always used to go every summer. Real Town Hall would be 
every Tuesday and we'd go for it. It was like for like six weeks and we'd go, you know, for the whole school holidays. Wow. And we'd go and we'd watch. And like sometimes some of the lads would get on to my first year. I'd only been there like six months. I was like, okay, I expect I'm not going to get on. And then the next year I got on and I was very surprised at that. Um, and then, but at the time, me and Chris Ridgway became mates um, not long before. Like we were going to the gym and he started coming to all start to train a little bit. And um, he just moved to the Wirral. And I don't think he really knew many people on the Wirral. And so I was like speaking to him and he just sat around. He was like, well, now that you've got your first match under your belt, um, do you want to travel with me to shows? Like you drive, I'll get your expenses paid and I'll try and get you on the shows. Well, not like try and like get me on. Like obviously work hard to get on, like show your face, help out and that. And then hopefully I'll get returned the favour. Because we're going to like, London and Ipswich and wow. all over, but but you know what? I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Um, so I just started travelling with Ridgeway, and that's how I started getting out on like the little independence around the UK, um, getting matches under my belt and having a great time. Like I still think I I, I need to take it up again now and start working a bit much bigger shows and stuff. And obviously, I need to work hard to get at that. But back then, I just loved it. And you know what? I had some really good opportunities back then. I got on. I, I remember I went to the first ever episode of Defiant. Um, remember when they just changed it over and Austin yeah. Aries came out? I, I was security yeah. for that show. Um, and then, so that was in Newcastle. And the next day, they had a show in Birmingham, Defiant again. So we drove all the way from Newcastle to Birmingham the next day. And um, here's, here's a little... Wrestling trivia for you. I, I turned up and I was expected to do security again. I was like, oh, yes, yeah, I'm just doing security. And um, Ridgeway comes up to me and goes, you got your gear, haven't you? And I was like, yeah. He goes, someone hasn't turned up and he needs to turn up. Go speak to the promoter now. So I went up to him and said, um, I'm like Ridgeway's driver. Where um, drop me on security again. He goes, oh, you you're, you train, don't you? I was like, yeah. And he goes, who, who, who trains you? I was like, Dean Ormark. He goes, have you got your gear? I was like, yeah. He goes, right, we've got a spot for you on Defiance on one of the tapings. I was like, yeah. Hard. And he goes, it's only a uh, local talent. So I was a jobber. I got I got given a fake name of Ryan Dunn. Um, and I got through round by Ian Simmons. But you know what? I loved the experience of being at, like, Defiant was huge at that point, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, like it was, yeah. that was a, probably at its peak, at its biggest. And like even when it was what culture and all that, I I, I, thought, I was like, oh, he's up, you know, dead chuffed. Like looking back, a bit silly. Like oh yeah, I got jobbed out and stuff. I got battered and I got made to look a bit silly. But you know what? I loved it. Absolutely loved loved the experience of it. Um, we took a bit of a dive after that, but we've picked it back up but yeah I, I got loads I was quite fortunate to have that experience on Defiance obviously I was a bit gutted not to go back to Defiance before they folded because um, I would have loved to have done it again but obviously under as Conor Klein rather than Ryan done again um, but yeah there, there's a little nugget of trivia for you there still. nice man what about I'm going to ask you how was it backstage at that show because the, the calibre of guys on them shows uh, just just the etiquette just the etiquette side. I like to hear like guys' um, experience backstage. Well, there's loads of respect going on, but obviously there's still a load of banter. Um, like banter with lads, like people, like be boys being boisterous because that's just what we are backstage. The shows, if it's all just the boys, um, 
like obviously we're not being like dickheads or anything. It's just always playing jokes on each other. <laughs> um, so yeah, there, there was like re- oh, one of my favorite people I've ever met is Speedball Mike Bailey because he's so polite and he doesn't, and he's so respectful and he doesn't have to be. He, like he always speaks to you like you're his equivalent. Because obviously I've met people and they've like absolutely spoken to me like shit, <coughs> honky tonk man. But um. Yeah, Speedball, my Bailey's brilliant. And like a lot of the other lads were coming up to me, asking me questions and stuff, and talking to me. And I, I did get to meet Austin Aries and speak to him because he was on the same card as me. He just won the belt that night off Marty Scale. So I remember coming in, I was getting uh, undressed from my match, and Austin Aries coming, and he was all dead sweaty. And he comes up to me, he goes, "Hi, I'm Austin." And he grabs me and like nearly breaks me hand as he shakes it. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, hello!" And I'm like stood there. Like starts naked with just my hands over my bits. And I was like, Oh Austin, you okay, mate? He goes, Yeah, good, how are you? And I'm like, Yeah, I'm good. He goes, You part you part it was when um IPW were doing the invasion angle with them. He's going, Oh, are you doing the running? And I went, oh, no, I'm I'm not part of IPW. I've never wrestled for IPW, so I, don't, I wouldn't expect to. He goes, Oh, okay, cool, mate, cool, mate. So I got to like be around Austin Aries and stuff. And I know Austin Aries is a very controversial figure. Like, so I'm not like Defended him or anything like that. I'm just saying that's my encounter with Austin Aries. Um, there was also guys like Zach Gibson there, who, who's a great lad as well. I'd say, I could say he's a great lad. He, he, Zach Gibson, he's like, he's helped British wrestling so much since his involvement of being in it. And like, even when he was doing things before he got into the UK tournament and he smashed them and like elevated himself and elevated the area of Liverpool and wrestling and stuff as well. Yeah. He, so he's a pioneer in this part of the country. But I got to see guys like him, Marty Scale, also like the Aussie Open, stuff like that, Haskins, Jimmy Havoc. The shout-outs to the 80s and 90s classic wrestling group. They've had many shout-outs during the year. Matt Barnett runs a great, absolutely fantastic page, and he's going to be doing interviews and stuff next year, so please go and check him out. He's had Lanny Poffo, he's had Randy Hogan, he's had Mike Drozzi, to name but a few. So many people have contributed, he's had videos sent, and I look forward to seeing Matt's content next year, the 80s and 90s classic wrestling page. Yeah, so I got to travel around with Midway to like um, Lucha Forever, if you remember Lucha Forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, I used to love Lucha Forever, I used to love going to the nightcaps, going down to London quite a lot then. It was all over the country. I got to see so many wrestlers that, you know what, I probably won't ever get to see on a show again. I've, I got to see Pete Dunn versus Mario Fuji. Mm-hmm. That was brilliant. Um, I got to see like wrestlers like Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, um, like Ricochet, or, uh, Osprey as well, because yeah. he, he's uh, exclusive to Rev Pro in New Japan now, isn't he? Um, and like at the time, they were like, Huge, I was like, wow, I never actually get to like. I even got to go to Frontline um, and watch Ridge versus Keno, and that was Keno's first UK appearance. I was like, yeah, this is brilliant, it's one of the best matches I've ever seen. So I'm really fortunate of getting to see these matches and being able to learn off these people um, so early on in my like, wrestling career because I still think I'm quite young into it, I'm like three years into it properly, but I'm still very new to it, I'm still very green, I'm still learning quite a lot of it so I'm, I'm just very grateful that I've had these opportunities okay yeah I've had better opportunities than some yeah um, I'm really grateful for it yeah man right I want to talk about the formation of your faction 
Paradox. Yeah. Let's get let's get into Paradox. I think that's the next. We'll shift into yeah. it now. Okay. Um, so we had this. We had an American coach, um, Harlem Bravado. You know, remember from the Bravado brothers and RWA, RW, yeah, RWH. I don't know. Yeah, the the Bravado yeah, brothers came in. Harlem Bravado and Lancelot Bravado, brilliant. You know, Stu Watson. And cause he was quite heavily involved in the uh, Camp show run in the UK. And Brian Dixon booked him as his champion. So he was over in the UK quite a lot and he was staying on the Wirral where we were training. So he'd take us over Wednesday. So we'd do like all, like all his drills and all that. And then at the end, he'd like give us matches and stuff. And we'd run like a little show. It was like a bit of fun, a bit of messing about. But we like did the matches properly and stuff. And me and RJ just decided, to, you know what, do we just tag? Because so, we're, we're struggling, getting singles, bookings as it is, so we just make a tag team. I'm like, yeah, okay, we'll do that. Um, so that it took off from there, and then we were still just getting singles bookings, and it was hard. And then we turned up at, at Wrestle Island, paid the ticket, helped out and stuff, and obviously we know Tony Knox, Tony Knox is our boy. And he... He goes, have you got your game with you? I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, I've spoken to Peter and he said it's okay to get pictures taken. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. So that's we went good, backstage, got, got our pictures taken. That's a good impersonation of Tony, that. Oh, I speak to Tony a lot, so I, I know exactly what he sounds like. <laughs> and he's, so we get in our game, Peter's like, Peter Blackham's like looking at us. And so we get undressed and we're, I say look at that, he wasn't like snarling at us or anything like that. <laughs> he's a lovely fellow piece there. And um, I, we just went up to him and started speaking to him and stuff. And he goes, um, I do want to book you. We've just been like trying to bring you in and stuff. And we hadn't really been Paradox then. And we we didn't have a team name either at the time. We, we had Paradox, but we didn't like settle on it because we were like, okay, we need to like think of some, something better. But um, we just stuck. So we did this like um, seven-person scramble match, but Ryan wasn't in the match. He was just in like with me, and I remember it was just a big clusterfuck. Uh, I love Wrestle Island a bit, but I just remember that match was just all over the show, and like I don't think I was ready for mm-hmm. a match like that. And um, and then Ryan Lloyd was in the in the match as well, but Ryan Lloyd started coming. So like all star little like he came once and like we chained him. Oh yeah, it's actually quite sick. And when we got our pictures taken, Ry Lloyd was with us because we just grabbed him because we recognised him. He was like, hey, do you want to get your pictures taken with us? Because he he'd only done like the rumble appearance at Wrestle Island. And um, so after the match, we got done in by the Merseyside Mercenary Squad. Um, so that built up the match for the next show. It was like paradox with Ry Lloyd versus Merseyside Mercenary Squad. And um, we just turned around to Peter and was just like, yeah, right, Lloyd's in Paradox now. And we're like, oh, he's like, oh, yeah, okay, so. So it just became, we became like a free. And Andy Knox come down to training. Um, but he's from Basics. He's in North Wales, brilliant wrestler. And he, he's so young as well. You, you'd be that surprised how young he is, but how good he is as well. And we just, he started hanging around with us and we started like having matches at chain and stuff, like really good matches. I think Ryan went up to, um, Ryan, RJ, sorry. Oh, I've just spilled the beans on his name. RJ um, went up to Glasgow with him for like a night out. Or I think it was Liverpool or something like that. And we put a picture up and they're both like doing the P with Paradox and they're going, um, 
Andy Knox and Paradox. I was like, what about Andy Knox and Paradox? Like, what was for Mango? And it just stuck like that. It just, it just worked, and especially with us coming into Britannia, with Rai being involved with the family still, it, it was like, it was nice for like, it was still us three. Uh, obviously at first it was me and Ryan, and then the next show it was me and Ryan and uh, Andy Knock. I keep saying people's real names. Me, Ryan and Andy Knock. <laughs> and um, yeah, it just made sense. And we've had great fun at Britannia, I love it there. It, like, I think Sax has really give us like, let us run with the ball, so to speak. And I believe under this new ownership of Britannia, it'll be it, it can still carry on being great in what it is, and it might become its own entity, like separating because what the new owners want to do with it, it, it could have something brilliant lined up for it, and we can only be hopeful for the future for them. How? But, how yeah. was it? How was it getting to work with the Dogs of War? Obviously, with the with the titles. Oh, oh it, it, it it was rough. It was rough. <laughs> um, oh, I'm not saying they're unsafe lads because the safe as ours they look after you, but they hit you. Like Dave Faulkner's like for me. He was in the Ultimate Fighter, wasn't he? Was, he was. I watched and it. He, he's, he was in he's it. made his career of MMA fighting and like proper wrestling, like real wrestling and real fighting and stuff like that and it, so when he, he when he lays stuff in and my, he, I remember he gave me a kick and he nearly took me head off like he still hit me with it but I was like I was shook I was like oh my god he's he's, he's so big as well you just don't expect it and he, he proper just took me off my feet and I was like wow and he picked me up and he goes you okay and I was like yeah yeah I'm fine don't worry don't worry and um, I think with me and Ryan because obviously our like first proper tag at Wrestler and Ryan jumped off the balcony, didn't he, and everything onto everyone but up below. And everyone just like started expecting us to be like really indie because Ryan's dead quick and he is, he's really fluent, he's really quick and he can do stuff that I can't do, he can do stuff a lot of people can't do. And so everyone just expected us to be dead indie, and it was like, okay, I think, well, Ryan is, but and then I think uh, Pitbull and Dave. Kind of like when okay, we need to like kind of keep up with these boys now because these have got we'll bring in the rest of the island fans down to Britannia, and there was like this, it created this like strange football atmosphere, which was brilliant. I loved it. I remember rest of the island fans throwing streamers into the ring for us, whilst the all the Welsh lot were giving us shit, <laughs> like threatening to kill us and stuff like that. Like, we were getting threatened to be t- done in outside, and we thought it was brilliant. Um, so I think. Yeah, the dogs of war definitely was like, okay, we need to like up our pace here with these. And they kept, they did more than keeping up with us. You're brilliant. Like, they matched us. It was Boston. Like, I know they say that, like I said that the rough boy, you've got to give it as good as you get. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember them saying, it was harder next time. Just it was harder. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, well, sound. Um, and I remember. Dave, you gave Ryan this chop and it was the loudest chop I've ever heard in my life. And I was like, oh, I don't want to get chopped off, Dave. I don't <laughs> want and I've been chopped off. I've had, I've had a chop off Big T. I've had more than one chop off Big T and they hurt. I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to mess with Dave Faulkner. I don't want to fuck with Dave Faulkner. <laughs> but them, them matches building up, we obviously we had the three-on-two handicap match at Britannia. And I'll throw my hands up 
I was I had I just come back from glandular fever and I was still really fucked from it. I was so fatigued, I was so weak. Um but I still for some stupid reason once I recovered, even though I was still fucked, I was like, Oh yeah, fuck it, I'll still wrestle. There's two two other people on my team. But and even then I felt it, I was like, Oh my god, I did a suplex. I was like, I have to get out I'm, I'm fucked. Like that tagging out. But the the that match was like, okay, we've done this now and the crowd were dead into it. Both team like both sides of the crowd were screaming for each team. And it did come up with this football atmosphere and then obviously that's when Rai joined us. Uh, right at the end of that match and then we went into uh, we had the contract sign and stuff at the Batani show and then the next day we won the belts off the Dogs of War at Wrestle Island and I think it all built up quite well quite like the story all the fans got behind it and I know we didn't do a lot of wrestling wrestling so to speak so it wouldn't be like a five star match it'd be nowhere near a five star match like but I think the, we got the crowd invested in it because of the time we put into like them coming to Britannia and the Britannia fans coming to Wrestle Island and stuff and then having the banter back and forth on Facebook and stuff and uh, and like social media I think the crowd really got invested in it because I think we felt like a part of it mm-hmm. and like as we used to jump into the crowd into the Wrestle Island crowd like their little section at Britannia if we won a match there we'd jump in like we'd just score the goal and like we just won a match and it, and I think they all just loved it they were all like jumping on us and stuff like that it was brilliant um, so I think the crowd really got invested in that and I'm gutted that it couldn't have gone further because of the current circumstances that we're in now that we're in lockdown we can't wrestle I'm really gutted that we couldn't take that further and expand on that story and go back and forth um, but no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed working Pitbull and Dave Faulkner. I do. I, I've got a lot of time for them. I know women's to be sworn enemies, but <laughs> fuck it. I don't care. You know, I've got a lot of time for them. You can break. Even if, even if Pitbull is a Tory. Yeah, even if Pitbull is a Tory. I like him. It's cool, man. It's cool. Like, <laughs> say, looking, looking from afar as a fan, as you're saying, because the shows had stopped, but there was a lot of momentum, wasn't there, with the story? And the match. Yeah, there was. We were coming into like sort of our own. I remember speaking to Saxon, being like, um, "I've got an idea. Can we try this out?" And I'm not going to go too much into it because I know Sax probably won't want me talking about plans. But obviously, it never come to fruition because of COVID and stuff. And then Sax not being the owner of BWP anymore. And, um, but it was great to have that conversation with him. We had something coming up, like. Uh, or like like an evolution of us because we went from four to three, didn't we? Because Ray broke his leg. Yeah, I I did at Wrestle Island. I'll throw my hands up and apologise. Um, it's just like we running through a, a match and accidents happen. It just it freak accidents, and it's just unfortunate in the circumstances. But I think if right, it sounds really horrible. But I think if there was a time for right to break his leg, it would have been then. Mm-hmm with everything that was going to happen we just couldn't see it happening but in hindsight you know what that's probably the best time for him to break it because now he's walking about he's fit and he's back he's like he's on the road to recovery properly um but no yeah we had like we're gonna do this thing where we're gonna be okay you know what we're gonna be a bit more nasty a bit more relentless a bit more ruthless and it just never happened because of the current climate of the world um 
and obviously I've been I've had we've had a lot of time off and I've been sick today. I've been thinking, oh yeah, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. So I've got a few things that I want to try when wrestling does come back and um I've been watching a lot of like old school heavyweight wrestling, like old like you know, old school like heavyweights in Japan like of nowhere and all Japan. I've been watching them like Kenta Kabashi, Misawa, Giant Baba, uh all of them. And I just love it. I even like watching Reno you know, when Kenta Kabashi went to ROH and he wrestled Samoa Joe because that's one of the best matches ever. I love that match. I'm a big uh, like no, I wouldn't say I'm a big ROH but I like I like the old matches like Samoa Joe, Danielson, all them lot. And like when when you bring in Kenta over, I I loved all them matches. Like I couldn't sit there and watch them all day. And like when they had Takeshi Morishima and that when he won the ROH belt, I was like, wow, this, these matches are sick. Why, why haven't I seen anything like this before? I, I just loved it. It reminded me of old school TNA, you know, with the old school X Division. Yeah. And because it was them guys, it was Samoa Joe, it was AJ Styles, and it was Christopher Daniels. They were all brilliant. Um. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been watching the old school heavyweights. I've been learning and I've been eat I've had, I've had good during this lockdown. I'm not gonna lie, I've been eating good. Well, I've been training as well, so good. I've been <laughs> making up for it. That's the main um, thing. Yeah, and I think a couple of years ago, I say a couple of years, may, maybe like a year or so ago, um, I got into the Young Lions with Frontline under Will Ospreay, um, and he told me he goes. Do you fancy going up to heavyweight? Do you fancy going up a weight class? And at the time, I thought I was quite happy being a junior heavyweight cruiserweight kind of wrestler. But um, I was a bit, um, uh, and then I, I said, "Yeah, okay, I'll do it because it's a brilliant opportunity for me." And I did it, and you know what? I've, I've loved every second of it. I've loved like training, lifting heavy. I, I love eating big. Um, I love learning all the heavyweight moves going back and watching like the psychology of the matches and stuff like okay that makes sense because of this and well, I do this because of that and it's like it makes you think and it's like yes okay I can do this and then you think okay what if I was in there with someone like RJ who can do all the flips and stuff like that can I adapt to that and you go back and you watch like you know the mixed matches like the little guys and the big guys like yeah okay, I can learn this I can do this and do that and it gives you an extra avenue to go down and a and there's a lot of brilliant British heavyweights, T-Bone, Rampage, Brown, Dave, Mastiff. They're all brilliant. And it's like, yeah, I get to watch these as well because I get to learn off these. Obviously, I'm never going to steal the stuff because T-Bone scares the life out of me. <laughs> <laughs> but as it, it's great. I can watch these and go, yeah, okay. Little things I can like steal, but never obviously steal anything dead obvious. Like, I'm not be like, oh, yeah, that's mine. But no, because I never do that. I'd always throw my hands up and be ignored. And I'd always ask permission if I if I wanted to do someone and seen someone do it. I'd always ask permission. Be like, look, I, if you're are you doing this move tonight? Because if not, is it okay if I do it? And it's like, yeah, I've always thought everywhere I go, if there's some, I always like try and respect people who have been here longer than me, more respect than me. I always come up to them and ask them for permission. Because why should I? They've been doing it for years. They've made the craft of this. Why should I just come in and start doing their stuff? Even if I meant it or not, it's still wrong. It's like. So I'll always go up to people and I'll ask, like, are you doing this move tonight? If so, can I use it? And they're like, yeah, nine times out of ten. They're like, yeah, and if they're, if they're like, no, they give you a reason. They're not like dickheads about it. Like, oh, no, I'm thinking about using that tonight. Can you use something? I was like, yeah, of course. I'm going to ask you now, Connor. 
because you've been around the business for the number of years you've been in it, guys wanting to make a start in the business, what would be Connor Klein's tips for them? Young lads wanting to come in and start training. Uh, start training. Um, don't expect to just be able to do things because um, we do have a lot of people just turn up. Um, they, they misunderestimate the, the work that wrestlers put into what they do. Um, we do get a lot of unfit people. I'm, I'm out of breath. I've just come up the stairs. I'm, I'm unfit <laughs> on my side. Um, but no, yeah, people, we do get a lot of people who are like out of shape, unfit. And I'm not body shaming. I'm not no, no. bullying. I'm just saying, look, you've got to be more prepared. Because we've even had like, our training with our bodybuilders turn up and misunderestimate and they've been sick. Mm-hmm. Like, Harlem Bravado used to beast us. <laughs> like, cardio, cardio, cardio all the time. And I remember this bodybuilder just went, and just never came back after that. So it's not just people who are unfit. It's like, even it's like the bodybuilder who expect to work hard. Um, expect to put the hard work in outside of the ring as well, like eating right, going to the gym. Because I, I didn't for a little bit. And I really regret doing it because I lost bookings. No one wanted to book me because I looked horrible. Um, I even looked horrible myself. I looked a bit pregnant at one point. Um, <laughs> oh, I, just, I, me- I remember seeing a picture of myself and my love handles with Maxwell. I was like, <laughs> I need to sort my shit out. So I got a PT, yeah. um, trained properly, start sort of bet right because I like food too much. Um, but no, and I've really embraced going up the weight division boss. but yeah also ex- expect to put the hard work outside the ring and then don't just I, I, I think a lot of people feel if they turn up to shows and that they help out they guarantee the book and, and no it doesn't work like that unfortunately because it's happened to me loads um, just go in with an open mind help out and if you don't get booked you don't get booked it's not the end of the world but if you do get booked okay make something of it like be be smart. Don't do too much. Don't do too little. Just like market yourself so you can see so they want to bring you back and the crowd can make a connection. You don't have to do loads. If you want to do loads, that's great. Like, if you can, that's brilliant. Do it. And if it's in your locker and it makes you stand up, do it. But obviously, you don't have to do loads. you just got to be helpful. Be patient as well. Be very patient. And I know it's coming from me because I debuted in like a year and a half. Um, but being patient can help because I've had I've gone through times where I haven't that like especially at the start I didn't have bookings for ages and I'd be like okay we've got to kind of sit here and be patient for my next one because I did have bookings so okay well keep turning up at shows and that's majority of the time I get on is because of I'm turning up at shows and helping out and I'm getting on these shows um and I think a lot it, it, you have I think it's not a necessity but you know what it does go in your favor and you probably excel you a lot quicker than if you were to just be picked up the training school and I think you do learn a lot of respect as well being respectful because I've seen I've heard stories of you know, like training wrestlers and disrespectful they haven't like they've like spoke to somebody like shit or they haven't done anything and like obviously the much older lads and like the more respected lads have just gone nah and then like wait they've had a very short career, so to speak, because of their actions. And I think that's only right. If you if you come in acting like a dickhead, why should you be here? 
in that sense. But no, yeah, be patient, work hard, be respectful. Um, always have your gear on you. Always have your gear on you. Um, be no, don't be afraid to go a little further, travel them extra few miles to the show, go out your way. Like when the country is back to normal, like you go to Preston, go to Manchester, go to Liverpool, go to North Wales, go to Birmingham, go to the all these shows, show your face, show that you're willing to help and learn and stuff. Go to as many seminars as you can. Because if you go to loads of different seminars and you show what you're worth and what you can do, people do pick up on it. And I think, and I think you've also got to have a good social media presence. Well, you got to have like, I said, like, and it's coming from me, and I put shit all over social media all the time. Like, you've, I think it's, it'll be good to have quite a clean social media, um, keeping it like that, like, so it doesn't come back and bite you in the ass because it can stop you getting contracts. You know, if you have like quite explicit tweets out there or controversial statuses and stuff, it can be a detriment to you. So, obviously, try and be as well behaved as possible. Um, stay out, just stay out the way as well. If things are going a bit south, just don't get involved in drama. Just keep working on yourself. Keep working out. Be patient. Be respectful, like I've just said. And I think that's it. All you have to do, um, obviously. And then go out. And if you're brilliant, you're brilliant. You deserve everything. Sounded sound advice that they've encapsulated. It's good. I like asking. I like asking the yeah. guys about. Tips, tips for guys. So yeah, I think you've done well there with that. Connor, favourite matches? Maybe just we'll keep it to a top three though, because I know we've been through hundreds. Of mine, uh, yeah. Of yours, of yours, mate. Um, I don't think I can do them in any particular order. Just, I'm just going to say three matches. Yeah. Um, I think. The Dogs of War at Wrestle Island. Mm-hmm. I think, you know what, we didn't even have to, like, do a, do a lot. Like, obviously, we worked hard, but we didn't have to go, like, put ourselves out there more because of the the type of match it was and how the crowd took into the crowd were invested no matter what. Um, so we just had to play off the crowd, and it was brilliant. Uh, I loved the story of it. I love, like, when the free count happens, everyone just jumps up and all the crowd bounce around the ring. No, that was brilliant. Um, I'm a match at Frontline with Cam Fader, aka Buffalo Soldier. Um, I think that was like, okay, I'm in London now. And this is like a big scene for like UK wrestling, especially with it being Frontline. And uh, obviously it was Will's promotion, the Lost Space promotion. Um, it was a lot of, okay, yeah, I'm being taken a bit seriously now. I know it's like the Young Lions and stuff. Like if you watch the Young Lions out in like Japan, uh, they have like plain black gear. Um, they're only they're not allowed to do certain moves. They can only win by certain like moves, like things like a bridge in German, um, an armbar, like certain submissions and certain moves you can only win with. Um, so it makes you think a lot as well. Like okay, I can't do this. I can do this and this and other and. Really gets the break, the thought process going. Okay, I've still got to go out there and put a decent enough match out. And I think going out there and I think also being like the only northern 
young lion as well because everyone's predominantly down south that way. Obviously, Red Scott's a Davis. Like he graduated, but he was from Ireland. But being the only lad from the north, it, I think I, I, I loved, I just loved it. And I think, yeah, I've travelled all this way because I used to travel down there, help set the ring up, do the seminar, and then go home and like set the ring down and go home. And I, I was happy with just doing that. But obviously, getting that match, and I think I felt like, you know, I've, I've deserved this and then this. I think, and then going back, and then uh, Costa. Was running the show at the time. Turned answered me and said, "Yeah, that that was perfect. That's what exactly what we needed for, for that match. Thank you." And it gave me a bit of a confidence boost. And I was like, "Yeah, okay, I'm happy now. I've come to London. I've had this good, like a decent match out of myself, and I'm happy the way it went. And I'm like, I'm made up that the promoter seeing it in like a good way as well. So that's up there. Um, I'm really trying to think." Because I haven't wrestled in that long, I haven't really thought about it. Um, I, I wrestled for IPW once upon a time. Um, I tagged with Ricky Knight Jr. and uh, a lad called The Last Two Superstar. I think his, his other wrestling gimmick was Mountain Stew. Um, so it was us, two, us three against, you know, the Bone Brothers? Who, sorry? The Bone Brothers. No, I've not heard of him. I've got to the, be honest. I'll be honest when I don't know they're, some. They were around the um, the Midlands scene quite a lot, and they were on IPW quite a lot. And a lad, Kit, Kit Knox, that's it, yeah. Because mm-hmm. they, they, all, they all look like each other, and they're all good-looking lads. But they, they were just like burglars. For some strange reason, they were just like burglars. But we got to wrestle them, and I just thought, yeah, I got to wrestle with IPW. Brilliant. I got to, like, Shane Taylor was there from ROH and yeah. stuff, and I got, like, Kip Sabian was there, Ridgeway, uh, Damien Dunn. Like, all the, before, you know, before people started getting signed and mm-hmm. stuff, they were all getting going here and there, like, before like, Kip went to AEW. I was like, okay, these are, it's quite cool. And backstage are quite loads of lads, and then Chris was going. Go up to such and such and ask for feedback, and do it because it will be good on you. Then I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll do that. And obviously, you got in like um, the IPW promoters, Billy Woods, good books and stuff. Um, and I got more bookings later on down the line from that. So I think that's definitely up there, especially because it was quite a big booking for me at the time. Like it's still a huge book in IPW. But when it when it was a thing, IPW. But yeah, I really enjoyed the experience of being there. Like it, it was miles away. I think we were closer to France than I was home. That's how far away it was. That's cool, man. That's cool. Got it. Old head on young shoulders. You have. That's what I'm taking away from this. <laughs> the stuff like you've done. No, no. It's it's cool, man. The experiences, as you say, that hot bed of talent who you know just before they all got signed to where they were going. You can't. Experiences like that, you know, I think there'll be a lot of oh, people I've been really, in awe of that. really fortunate, yeah. yeah no, man. I, I do see myself being really fortunate. I've got to remember who I am at the same time. Like, yeah. I'm not really big bollocks, I'm still yeah. kind of fine. I've still got a long way to go. Who who are your favorite wrestlers of all time? Just a, all a time. few, just a few, just to, to close I'll out. Go, um, all right, we're gonna go with The Rock. Mm-hmm. The Rock's got to be up there. Come on, um, Brian Danielson. 
I want to say Brian Danielson because I just love how ruthless he is in ROH. I love the aggression. I, I love all the fans chanting, you're going to get your fucking head kicked out. I just love it. I love the violence. I'm a violent person, Stu, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Um, what else? I'm trying to think. We've long. It's always been The Rock and Brian Danielson, but Daniel Bryan, because I do, I do love, like, I love that match he had with The Fiend at the Rumble this year. That was brilliant. I love it. And I think, you know what, because I've learned so much watching, watching him, and he's such a legend out in Japan, Kenta Kabashi. Like, and I, I know it's a very, ooh, internet fucking smart mark comment, but no, I do, I, I love watching Kenta Kabashi. Like, I, I could sit there and watch hours and hours and hours of Kenta Kabashi. Like he's brilliant. I can sit there and watch all his five-star matches with Masawa. Sit there and watch them. Like even with the Japanese commentary, I don't know what they're saying, but I'm still invested in what's going on in the match. I love it. Like I, I even showed my girlfriend it, and she goes, I, "I really enjoyed watching that, even though I didn't understand what the commentators were saying because I still knew what was going on." She, she doesn't get lessons. She doesn't know moves. She only knew the Rock and John Cena. Like they're the only wrestlers she knew, obviously because they were movie stars. But yeah, it's got to be The Rock, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, and Kenta Kabashi. Sweet. And they're my top three. That's, that's good, man. That's good. Connor, where can the viewers and the listeners find you in terms of social right. media? Where are you accessible? Well, I'm on Instagram, at Klein Connor. Just type in Connor Klein, C-O-N-O-R-C-L-Y-N-E, because there's only one of me, unfortunately. Um, Instagram, Twitter. Don't add me Facebook. Because Connor Klein is my real name, <laughs> <laughs> I just like to keep it private because I've got family and close friends on there. Um, I've got TikTok. Follow me on TikTok, uh, Connor Klein again. I think I don't know. I should have really looked at these before I come on. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to get. Please follow me on TikTok. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No. Um, yeah, I'm on pretty much all social media. Yeah, just don't add me Facebook, please. There we go. That's it. They know. They know now, don't they? You know now. Don't be fucking with me, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Connor Klein, member of Paradox and a fellow Evertonian. I'll close yeah, out with man. that. Thank you, Evertonian. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Stu. Thank Let's you. hope we win tomorrow, mate. Oh, I, I hope so. After last we need a win after that last week. Oh, we need it. They need to uh, just no, no hammers. Podcast Network.